As you know, we went to Malawi, and so we're going to share some of the things that went on with that. Um, I'll ask Michael and Shar to give kind of a synopsis, and then I've got some slides that we'll walk through and just share some of the thoughts connected with that. I, uh, someone may have locked themselves out of their iPad, otherwise there might be more pictures. But, uh, oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm challenged. <laughs> what can I say? Who knew? I, I learned this trip that you can type a message without being online. I didn't know that. <laughs> so, and the little thing on there that looks like a microphone, that if you push it, you don't have to... But folks, we truly did get there and back. I've only had it for five years. I mean, give me a break. So, Uh, My time in Malawi this time was uh, mostly with the uh, different ministries out of the base. We just went over there to take care of some AIDS kids. So this trip, I got a chance to see how God takes, you know, our our weaknesses, our failings, uh, the little things that we do, and does something that you can't imagine. You know, uh, I'd spent a whole day with the maize mill community, you know, and, uh, and uh, the, the goats, no, I didn't bring one home, uh, community, and, and the chickens that, you know, remember all those chickens I killed when I went over there a while ago? Okay, well, we got new chickens now. And, and then the, seeing the nursery that came out of that and how that's uh, affecting 60 more kids and then seeing the, uh, the farm and... Uh, all the different outreaches for the kids, uh, all because of the desire to take care of a few kids. So it was, it was uh, uh, really heartfelt for me to see everything God was doing there and to know that it wasn't dream. I just wanted to take care of a few kids, and it just kind of got out of hand, I suppose. So... My first year of ministry, um, our pastor basically gave me a life mantra for ministry, and it was uh, roll with the punches and don't sweat the small stuff. And uh, so this year looked vastly different than the two previous years. Uh, Denise was not able to go with us, and um, I assumed that I would be teaching two sessions um, and then sharing one with John on family, and it turned out that all the sessions were combined, so there was a lot of uh, changes, but it was really, really good. We went to six uh, pastoral seminars, taught all day. Usually the car ride was about an hour and a half to two hours over incredibly rough roads. We think that Michigan potholes are bad, but... Uh, you know, this this is incredibly rough roads. Think logging um, road, basically. Um, and so, um, so long days. We got up every morning. Uh, morning devotions with the children was at 545. And by that time, they had already been up for a couple hours um, pumping water, hauling it to the dorms. Um, cleaning, doing whatever they have to do, Uh, and then uh, right after devotions, they would eat and get their meds for the day and go to school, and uh, by that time, we were getting ready to leave also, so busy days, really good. The six places we went 
We're brand new uh, fraternities of pastors. Uh, a fraternity um, starts when 10 pastors from various denominations in a region decide that they would like to have more community together, more fellowship together. And in the last year, uh, 10 more have started, and we made six of those. Um, we did one kids club with about 200 kids, one worker, kids in control. It was, it's awesome to see. Um, and we went to two churches on Sundays, one, one each Sunday, and uh, one was a church plant. That was really exciting to see, too. So God is on the move in Malawi, and we get to be a very, very, very small part of it. And it's, uh, it's a tremendous blessing to us. I've, uh, I'm going to share some of the slides that I'd posted online, and we'll just give you some of the thoughts connected to that. Um, so the first one up, we left 4.30 in the morning, went, drove to the Sioux, flew from there to, to Toronto, uh, spent that night there, and then flew out in the morning to Ethiopia. Uh, and there we caught a plane to Malawi. And logistically, everything went perfect this trip. Uh, on the way back, we went through Zimbabwe to Ethiopia, but uh, couldn't have asked for better connections, and it just seemed like things were smooth, which, uh, you know, I, I haven't traveled lots, particularly in recent years. Uh, and so this third trip... I'm beginning to feel less anxiety, you know, trying to make the connections. And, you know, when you're in a place where you don't speak the language and you're, you know, there's that fight with yourself as to whether you're going to give in to anxiety or not. And, and or the adrenaline just starts pumping and it's like, what am I going to do, you know? <laughs> but this time around, um, we couldn't have asked for better connections. And some of the airports are improving. Like in Ethiopia, the first time there, I remember sitting, waiting, and, you know, there's a plywood barrier between that and the restroom, and the stench is incredible, you know, and you're just kind of going, okay, third world, whatever, you know. But uh, that, th those airports are improving. It, it just, it worked. So we're grateful for that. Um, the next one is of, we were in... Um, we did six seminars, as was mentioned, and two churches. Probably the most, it's kind of humbling, but we went to the one church, and the pastor was just over the moon. And it was like, he was so excited to have a white person in the church. This is historic, you know. And in fact, they hired a photographer so they could take pictures with us. And so each family that wanted a picture with the white person, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you feel a little bit like you're in the a zoo and you're, the, <laughs> you're on the wrong side, you know? <laughs> but, uh, so anyway, I mean, uh, it, was, it, was, it was amazing, you know, um, it just uh, very gracious people, very loving people and gentle. Um, they... They live in abject poverty, and so regularly, they either look after someone or that person dies. And, and so there's much more connect. And uh, even uh, in the, you know, we, we started trying to assist pastors, and 
we're somewhere in that 25 to 30 range. I've got to go back and look at the details. But uh, we asked the group, uh, Michael, it's, you know, they said, well, who should we put on a list? You know, give us 50 names. And basically it was, well, give us the names of those that aren't eating every day. So that's the 50 poorest of the group. And, uh, you know, so it's just kind of this astounding thing. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the, the comments made by one of the leaders when we're eating a meal, we're eating goat and, and rice or sema. Rice is kind of an extravagant thing um, and some greens. And the guy's going, this is like Christmas. And the second day, this is Christmas. You know, they're just overwhelmed at that particular meal. And we're going, that's pretty meager, but, you know, that's, that's life, you know. And the, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but the, the oddity of it was they would, they would try to give us the best portions, right? So that means the little goat. That's the intestines and liver, um, which is a specialty. It's easier to chew. And actually, it was quite delicious. I, I, I was... <laughs> yeah, I, I have said I will never make that. <laughs> but it's amazing. <laughs> we, we, I, I told Char after the meal what we'd eaten. <laughs> but I, I'm kind of quizzing the guy. And in fact, we went to one place where... Um, they have an amazing restaurant in the safari type thing. And one of the guides is going, I said, you know, we don't normally eat the offal. The, the offal. And he goes, what? Why not? You know, because it is the delicacy to them. You know, and so it's like, what are you, nuts? You, know, you don't even take the best part? <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> but there were lots of experiences like that. Uh, let's go on to the, the next. That bottom slide is the one of the church. Oh, oh yeah. And if, if we ever wanted to like have a sister church, that would be an excellent thing. Uh, that was in Lalongwe, that particular church, and they actually had amplification. They would run out and start the generator each time they started to sing, and they had a, <laughs> they had a short keyboard and a, a, a like bass that. guitar with a broken Behringer bass amp. Or a, amp so or the speaker and so you this fuzz is coming through with the sound but the music overall was incredible um just uh you know unusual rhythms and and uh harmonies that, to our ears anyway that were astounding okay next okay first church i went in i was you know i uh, at easter time i'd shared a message um connected to the, the immensity of creation and then, and then the intricacy, kind of trying to show the magnificence of our God and his ability both in power to create and, and the detail of what he's done. And uh, so I, I get it, and I, I don't have YouTube <laughs> like I used here, but I copied down some facts, right? So I'm partway into it, and I'm realizing... These guys, probably some of them have never seen a microscope or a telescope. And so these concepts are just completely gone. And then when you're talking distances, you know, and, and finally 
by day two, I'd, I'd realized that, you know, I'd say, well, men have found that they could shape glass to make things that were far away look near and things that were very small look large. And then um, you link that with the idea that a man's seed combines with a woman's seed and all of the details of your body are in that seed. And your parents had that, you know, you look like them because of that was all, that potential was there. And your kids look like you because that potential was there as well, even though each of you has variations. You know, so kind of wrestled through, how do I, (laughs) you know, because the first day I... I, uh, I started to explain, you know, light years distance, and <laughs> not working. You know, and particularly when they don't have a concept that goes beyond millions. And uh, so you, you realize the education gap is substantial. I mean, these are intelligent people. They just haven't had access to the same information that we do. And, you know, generally, we don't use a lot of that information, but it it's just part of our general knowledge. And, and so walking through that was uh, amazing. I, I, I had the first insight when I tried to use the term microbe. And uh, I get this blank look like, you know, they should have just slapped me and made me walk home. That's, that's the bottom line. But uh, we got through it. And, you know, one man said, I never dreamed that the sun was bigger than the earth. You know, and, and they, they, they grabbed onto one number. You know, uh, it's 20 or 200 million kilometers away. And they were just, oh, whoa, you know, because, <laughs> you know, and it's just, we stopped there. We didn't, we didn't get into light years. We didn't get into, you know, but it, they still caught the idea that our God is magnificent. You know, and then we went into, he knows the hairs of your head and all the details connected with that. But um, the man on the right did interpret for us a while. This is a bishop of the different groups. And they use the term bishop loosely, but it's probably closer to biblical understanding. But they have, uh, they've gone from 11 to 15 to 25 groups in the last three, uh, three years. And uh, the minimum that we had in one of these new groups were... 20 uh, couples. So um, they, they're definitely getting something done. And uh, Peterson, uh, just a wonderful man to work with. Uh, Peterson and Matthews are the two that we have the most contact with. Matthews works at Hope Village. That's what gave us this inroad. So when, when uh, Michael went a few years ago and began to uh, speak to pastors, that was the the open door, and in some ways, us even buying that meal is uh, astounding to them as a group. You know, which every every seminar we um, we provided a meal for all the participants, and it, it's a simple meal. You know, it's some chicken or goat and greens and sema f- primarily for them. Sema is uh, like a bread flour that gets mixed into these very dense, uh, kind of almost like cakes. It, you wouldn't, it's not a cake. It, it's like... It's even, like day-old cream of wheat. It's really thick and heavy and... Um, very, very... And tasteless. 
essentially to us, but man, it's, it's, it's wondrous to them, and, and man, can they pound it. <laughs> they get these huge plates, but it fills their stomach. Yeah. You know, and, so we provided a meal for every place we went and uh, transportation for the, the, for the very poorest who had the longest distance to go so that they could, because they were often walking for two or three hours. This is a nation of walkers. Uh, they walk for miles to trade their goods, to buy their goods, uh, to haul water, uh, to visit one another. It's you, even on the main highways, uh, you see people walking for miles, and uh, it's just a way of life for them. But for some of them, if they walk for two or three hours uh, coming and going, then they wouldn't be able to um, get home in time to take care of their farm or their family. Yeah. So the stated goal of the, the fraternity is to bring encouragement to the pastors and some training and then also to look after orphans and widows and work together on that. So that's what they do. Let's, let's move on. Um, there's Shar teaching. Uh, one of th we had to wrestle through with who's going to do what when uh, we found out it was different. And she had had a specific thing that she felt like God had impressed on her heart to teach regarding covenant. And so she did that each day. And then we kind of filled around that. But next. Okay. <laughs> Several things here. Um, when, when we flew in, the, uh, everything was green around the airport and, and flowering bushes. And I thought, man, this is, this is beautiful. This is the, the, the best we've seen. But what it was is that the cyclones had brought more rain late and so things were still green, but it also meant that they would be entering into a starving time because the, uh, the crops have been, much of the crops have been ruined as a result of the rain. And so it's a bittersweet thing. Um, that middle picture is a, an outhouse. Um, I <laughs> dealing with this as a hoot. You know, there's no parking lots, right? So... Even when you have a church, um, things are fairly close with the neighbors. And uh, so I, I really wasn't running to the weeds first. And, but the very first day, there's a, a brick outhouse. <laughs> I know we have lots of jokes about that kind of thing, but it's got a grass roof, and it stands about this high, and the grass comes down, and I thought, well, I'm going to try to use that. I couldn't get in the door. And I... <laughs> And I'm kind of, and I, you have to kind of go in and around the corner for privacy. And uh, so I, I, I take a peek in there, and I'm going, I don't think I want in there anyway. <laughs> and so it's a dash to the weeds. And day two, they've got brick as well, but no roof. Well, that's great, except that it's this high. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was going, hey. <laughs> and this this grass in the middle again, um, that's, that's a... Uh, it's a three-sided outhouse. Yeah, and you don't want them falling down, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, it was just, you know, culturally, there's differences. And, and, you, and you think, well, um, as long as there's, you deal with sanitary issues, I guess you're okay, right? 
but it's it, it's that whole how do you deal with these things and and uh, and I'm not even telling the rest <laughs> rascal. <laughs> but there's um, again you're just making adjustments on the fly. Um, and Shark clicked that picture of me in the because I was the door literally came to here, and so it's just one of those funny moments where you think, well, standards aren't quite the same here. And uh, the buildings, uh, I think this year all the buildings were block or brick. Uh, we have been in grass buildings before. Um, some had dirt floors, some had concrete. It varied with each one. What's the next? Yeah, um, everywhere you go, there's small commerce. And so... Uh, people are trying, everybody's an entrepreneur, barter is a way of life, uh, they're, you know, they're bringing things to exchange, and, and, and so you, and you run into things, like the stores uh, are definitely different, and I had included this, the picture of the one, because they sold medicines for animals and humans, and they sold cosmetics, and uh, that was the I thought that was pretty funny to me, although it worked for them. And uh, everywhere you drive, there's markets. Um, people are just trying to sell whatever they can make or grow so that they can gain a little bit. But, uh, yeah. Okay. This is uh, one of my favorite pictures. Uh, you've got the drums on the left, and you've got the kit there on the right. So the drums would fit into the wire that had been turned around. The symbols were made out of uh, bicycle sprockets, and, uh, and yet music in these places was amazing. And, you know, with the block walls and everybody singing, it just resonated, and it was a beautiful experience to even be a part of that. Uh, everywhere we went, that was the case. And, uh, you know, the, the dancing, and it just, it was amazing. There is video of me clapping. Uh, I steal them off beat, but uh, I felt like I did great. You know, <laughs> I may have come back with some skills too. You know, you'll have to see days ahead. Shars, you're you're terrible. And one of the guys said, "You're so slow." You know, <laughs> yeah, it's me. Okay. Um, okay. The shelter on the left is the cooking shelter in one of the places we were at. Uh, where they were preparing everything. Uh, even, even back at the center, in the place where we were staying, um, the gals would cook with charcoal, but they cooked inside. Um, didn't like, you know, it was luxury. But you've got that smoke drifting all through the place, but that's just part and parcel of where you're at. Um, it's what they do. And then... Uh, I took a picture of the hand washing because I was struggling with a, you know, we, we did a, some teaching on husbands and wives, and you hit that Ephesians 5 passage where uh, Christ gave himself for the church, washing her with water, the word. And I was trying to um, express that idea of serving your spouse. And one of the things that done every meal there is that they bring water to wash your hands. And, uh, you know, there's not a faucet around. We just run in, you know, and wash. And, 
And uh, there they, they have this, it's like a ceremony, essentially, as close as I could conceive of what foot washing was in New Testament times. So I tried to draw that link of Christ washing the feet of the disciples, and that this is not a thing of subservience, but of, of honoring each other. And uh, it, was, it was one of those links that you, you make. Uh, a couple of things I saw, it, you know, I was doing some, some, I may share a little bit later, but I, on David, when he was a shepherd, you see goat herder boys all over the place. And to think of David in that light was, you know, it's one of those beautiful insights that you grab. Uh, next. Okay. Yeah, that, that kids club on the left, the total building was 20 by 30. Um, I spanned it out. And uh, the kids were in that 20 by 20 space, and I counted roughly 200. So <laughs> you can imagine... And they're there for about 45 minutes. Uh, that village actually built that shelter for them, uh, for the kids' club. And uh, they go in, and uh, Matthew shows up every few weeks. But they have a, a curriculum that they walk through. They have kids memorizing some verses. They're telling some core stories. And uh, there's one, this one gal uh, generally is the person there. And she's got a corn stalk, and if they get out of line, she taps them and lets them know that, that they need to be quiet. But very, it was, that was a cultural shock in some ways as to what you see, because obviously that you pile 200 kids in a room that size in our, well, first, they wouldn't fit. But, you know, you, you put 200 in a clump that size, you've got chaos, right? And it's just a... It's a different setting and a different training and a different understanding. And, and yet, in that sense, it's very admirable to be able to walk in and see something like that. I would encourage you to go on to the Facebook page and look more closely at that picture. In it, you'll see uh, small children holding smaller children. And they are their caregivers. They're babysitting them. I saw one girl... Uh, get up and walk out because the baby she was taking care of, her little brother or sister, was fussing. She couldn't have been more than six or seven years old, and yet she had a, a baby on her back, and she was in charge of that baby so her mom could work in the fields. So and it, and in all through that a group of kids, there were many who were watching babies. Sometimes we get the impression with poverty that it's strictly laziness. I, I know that, at least I've had that mindset at times. When you walk into a setting like this, you realize these are hardworking people. And they're up before dawn. They're working all day through. In fact, one of the things that I, I tried to use as an illustration, I used the word vacation. And the translator looks at me and says, what's a vacation? <laughs> okay, uh, and eventually we settled on holiday, but holiday to them would be Christmas. You know, it 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 wouldn't be extended time off or travel. Uh, every day is a work day, essentially. So um, you know, and, and children grow up working. Uh, it's just uh, the way that the thing works. Uh, 
on the right, excuse me, um, every morning and night, as we mentioned, there were devotions at Hope Village. And so 5.45 in the morning, you get together, and there's a, a time of devotion. Scriptures shared. They do some singing. When you come in, the kids start singing, and the different ones lead songs. In fact, they're getting the kids to give a, a scriptural insight. And so they have a responsibility to share in the devotions. Uh, not every day, but they, they, they'll do it, and then the, the um, leaders will kind of patch it up if it needs that. But pretty amazing that they're already um, teaching them that way and, and calling out their giftings. And uh, actually, we heard some, some very good thoughts coming out of these kids. Uh, so that was kind of amazing. Um, okay. Um, everywhere you go, there's kids. And if you've got a camera, you've got friends. And uh, it, it seems I, the one morning I was trying to take a picture of this hill behind us, and little boy sees me, and he jumps in front, and he's, he's there. He is not moving until I take his picture and kind of try to say, please, <laughs> give me some room. But uh, it's just, uh, it's kind of an innocent time, so to speak, for them. Um, they are coming into massive changes because of the internet. Uh, in the cities, you already see it affecting things uh, significantly. Everybody in the country's got cell phones, uh, but they have to pay for internet. And so it's, it's not quite upon them fully like it is for us. But I can imagine the, the struggles that they're going to go through trying to catch up and even wrestling with contentment. Um, Michael and I were talking, when I, he has a really good insight in regarding uh, who are the poor, even. And he... In Scripture, Jesus said, if you have food and clothing, you'll, you should be content. And so that's kind of a, a minimum standard, right? Food and clothing. Housing is a debatable thing, but food and clothing is, is like the bottom line for, our, for a beginning contentment. And in some ways, you know, I, I'd explain to people our Character and our nature are the same worldwide. Everybody in the world wrestles with contentment. You know, there's different levels of, of acquiring and everything else, but all of us have to come to terms with, am I at peace? Am I content? And uh, even in that setting, the very first day I had shared, um, again, this message, and I'm trying to essentially say, God knows everything about you, all the details of your life, and then make the bridge into he loves you. And part of Shar's sharing of covenant is how much God has invested into humanity. And I had a young man who spoke English, which is rare in that group, so I, I kind of honed in. I wanted to get to know him, and, and he was very frail. And, uh, you know, I, in fact, when I went to shake his hand, it was weak and you know, it's very slim, and eyes are jaundiced, and, you know, and, and you're going, and he, he says, does God love the poor? You know, <laughs> you know, and I'm a rich man in comparison, and I'm saying, yes, he does. But, it, you know, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm speechless in some ways in regard to that question. And his father had been a teacher, but he died early. 
And uh, his mother, as he said, was a very poor widow. And um, he, he knows English because of his dad's training. And so he had a little more, but he still is struggling in life. And, and uh, so it was, you know, it was a, one of those moments where you just say, I have to really consider my lifestyle when I come back home. But uh, in this trip, we were aware of uh, one of the leaders of a fraternity that had been planned that we would attend died um, the, the day before the final arrangements were supposed to be made. So we didn't go to that one. But he was a middle-aged man. Um, Matthews had somebody die in his church that he had to attend the funeral. Uh, for them, there's no embalming, so it's next day visitation and all night wake and then funeral the next the day after that. Um, we were uh, aware of another funeral that some people couldn't attend the meeting because of uh, a funeral going on. And then we saw several funerals in the country. So the dying time is already kicking in as a result of, of the, har the poor harvest. So... Again, AIDS is not at the same level as it was years ago, and the deaths, you know, a lot of their toll has already been taken, but uh, they're still wrestling with uh, significant issues. And, uh, so anyway, okay. And that was that. Any questions that you have or things that maybe we could talk to? Or anything more you want to add? No, I did. Oh. It works? Yeah. Okay. I had to, do, because I work in several different cultures and I have to uh, uh, give foundation for different works that are done, I had to define poverty uh, uh, with a biblical definition. And so, and searching the scriptures for, you know, who does God say is poor, you know, and, and, uh, the uh, the definition came in to those who don't have daily access to food or clothes. That's it. If you don't have daily access to food or clothes, then you're poor. If you do have daily access to food and clothes, you can't use the term because you're not. <laughs> so uh, uh, it was a good definition because of the uh, the distribution of things, we want to make sure it goes to the poor, not only in this culture, but in the other cultures I work in. So it just made me understand that in our culture, you know, we don't uh, have that type, that poverty, uh, biblical poverty. So it makes you very sober. live different. Very sober. <laughs> so. I think one of the the last day that we taught, um, there was a lady who stood up at the end and said, I never knew white people had troubles. Uh, their view of us is that we're wealthy, we have everything we need, and we never struggle with worry or um, fears. Um, just those issues and just sharing some of our life story and, and you know, our concerns, our prayer requests and things for our kids and uh, coming to terms sometimes with 
our own contentment, you know, not being angry at God because we're not as well off as somebody else. I mean, I think all of us will go through that at some point or another. And um, for this woman to get up and say, I never knew this, it, in some ways it just broke my heart because they, they are struggling with day-to-day -day survival. It's not whether we can buy a new car or whether we can afford to go on a vacation. It's will I have enough money to provide a, at least one meal for my kids today? And um, just, just wrestling through that and, and seeing the joy that they have in serving the Lord in spite of their extreme poverty. Um, it, it, it's very humbling, and it's very, uh, like John said, it makes you come back and say, okay, what have I been nagging God about that doesn't need to be nagged about? What do I need to, to look at differently uh, for the gospel's sake? One of the things, um, we're going to have to evaluate how we do our trips. Um, I assume that we're going to keep going back. Um, I don't know that, but I, the door is open for us, and we've been well received. Um, we're still sorting out. We have access to much more information, and even biblically, um, our training goes way beyond what most is there. And so, um, but you have to figure out what level do you present things. And knowing that these people have profound relationships with the Lord as well. They know him. They have a better understanding of spirit issues than we do um, because of their culture. But with that, we, we have a niche that we can help fill in gaps, so to speak, and uh, when we're bringing scriptural stories or understandings, um, they haven't had access to some of that. And even like most would never have a concordance where they could look up a particular topic. And yet on my computer, that's, you know, it's a second. And I have everything that I, I could hope for in, in that. So that kind of training is, is such that We'll have to walk them through that, and I think in years ahead, there's potential to help them learn how to use computers for good. Um, the, uh, we practically wore out our main guy, Matthews, uh, which is not a, a good thing, but you know, you, when you're realizing he's, in, he's driving us to the events, he's already been up working with the kids, He's translating, then he's driving us home, then he works with the kids in the evening. And so when by day four, you know, it's getting a little frazzled, and he would never say that. That's just, they are not impolite that way. They, they, it's very hard to, to hear any kind of gripe out of them or, or thing that they would go counter to your opinion. But... Um, you know, by the end of the trip, this man was worn out. And he's in his mid-40s, brilliant guy, very gifted. We were talking one night, uh, and he just said, well, I don't expect to live past 50. And I, <laughs> but that's, you know, 
that's a, a real approach. And you're just kind of going, okay. Um, you know, that makes me see things differently. And uh, This so. guy has also planted two churches. Yeah. He planted eight kids' clubs and wants more, and he helps do the spiritual development at the orphanage. Yeah, so he's overseeing the two churches even now, the one we visited. Yeah. Questions or thoughts? The microloans have not been effective yet. Um, the pastoral loans have. And um, I, I think the next time I go after microloans, I'm going to target a church and attempt to get, say, half a dozen to a dozen people in that congregation, boost one church at a time, so to speak. But um, I think giving them a goat or a sewing machine is probably better than leaving it open-ended. And um, with that, maybe you would ask a tithe back off of that animal when they produce more so that you can set up the next group. And they could, if they caught that vision, then they could begin helping other groups. So that, that probably will be my next approach. It's in my heart to get the pastor things done. I wanted to get that first 50 out of the way. Um, the kids' clubs, for about a little over $500 a year, a kids' can, club can run year-round, paying for the, uh, a stipend for the worker, buying Tootsie Pops every month or so for a treat. Um, so that's, again, um, the... the Potential is open-ended for that kind of thing. Uh, you can go into many, many villages and do that. And uh, the kids' clubs are running two to five hundred kids per club. So, you know, it's amazing. Nope. No. No. A snack every once every four or five weeks. It's not even a snack. It's a piece yeah. of candy. Yeah, but so. it's a treat to them. Yeah. We get the kids clubs together usually once a year uh, uh, to do uh, to do a meal with them and uh, and to lead those that have come into the kids clubs. Maybe they haven't received the Lord or whatever. We we do that once a year with all of them uh, over a meal and and that's uh, that's when you see the pictures of over two thousand kids showing up. Yeah, getting getting fed. So. You know, so uh, we have a lot of good ideas. As, as foreigners, uh, but they have to live life every day. So we can have a hundred suggestions, and they're like, you know. I, I have one boy's comment was, I, I can't hear you because my stomach's too loud. So, so even with all our good ideas or, or our, you know, our thoughts to help, uh, you can't just put that on them because they're, you know, they're surviving. And uh, basically, if you want to, you know, help them to do something, then uh, you'd have to commit to go over there and do it. One of my yourself. friends asked, why are things so backwards for some of these nations? And I'm going, well, it's really complicated, and I'm not sure I've got all the answers. Um, for one... Um, Education 
you know, is, is way back. Um, natural resources really haven't been developed particularly well in Malawi. Um, so they don't have income coming in from other nations. Um, governmental um, corruption is pretty standard in most of those places. Um, you know, so there's a multitude of things, but then you're going, okay, but if I can help build the character of the person, I think that's, you know, that's what we believe in Christ, that it, it, it avails you the best opportunity for blessing in your life. It's not guaranteeing uh, wealth financially, but it is uh, guaranteeing a fullness of life, and we know that wealth accompanies uh, those good decisions as well. So that's, I guess that's what I'm targeting and trying to, to stay after. And, and uh, I feel like, you know, we are in a wealthy place, so there is an obligation to, to keep pointing toward the, those that are poor and doing our best to, to assist and, and help them develop as well. Not with finances as the ultimate goal, because <laughs> again, you, you realize it just it doesn't accomplish the wholeness of, of man, but it it uh, it definitely it, it makes life so much simpler. One of the things that um, we can do though is in a couple months when the uh, school supplies go on sale, if you would consider uh, buying a dollar's worth of notebooks or pencils because um, we provide, or Hope Village provides the school supplies for the kids in the village and then uh, other needs too. I think and they were going with pens this time around, right? Yeah. Pens, paper, uh, uh, yeah. the composition notebooks, right? Yep. Not the, necessarily. The, the paper the over there is uh, about like our about like a shiny toilet paper, you know, that's kind you don't want to buy, right? That's about what their paper is. But, and it's fairly rare. There's garbage everywhere. Um, there's smoke everywhere. There's, you know, things, systems that we get used to and we think, you know, we get irritated with the codes at times and then you realize, wow, we live in a different place. We would take them in luggage, and we each carried a large duffel bag on the way there. That's, um, when we go, uh, Hope, uh, Hope Endeavors has these large duffel bags, and they bring different supplies. This time they brought shoes. Uh, 200 pair of shoes. You can explain uh, those. We, uh, we kind of max out on the luggage. We're allowed 50 pounds per, uh, per bag two bags per person currently, but only for overseas flights. This means we have to pay for those to get it to the overseas flights. So, so when we went to Sault Ste. Marie with five 50-pound bags, we had to pay from Sault Ste. Marie to Toronto. So that's 250 right there just to, it depends what airline you're taking. That's changing. It, it, we didn't used to have to pay for it, but now the airlines are charging for just about everything. So not all the airlines will give you free overseas luggage. These shoes that they bring are expandable. 
so the kid can wear them for several years. Pretty cool. The, yeah, there's that company that made the grow shoes. Okay, well, that company donated to us, you know, the bags and the shoes. So we, we, we took them over. We also took a sewing machine. I mean, that was like. There's another. Um, <laughs> was yeah. interesting. There's another uh, ministry that sprung off of Hope's efforts at the village where there's uh, dresses, the little dresses for girls. They are bringing uh, shipping containers of things into the country now. And uh, one lady caught the vision. And that's, she's been amazing just in what's done that way. There we go. <laughs> and, and realize that you are allowed a carry-on for your personal stuff. The bags are only for supplies. I was challenging um, one of the leaders saying, okay, would it be better if we just sent money? You know, because that's, that's one of the things. And he's going, well, the fact that you would come shows that you care. And we need to hear that. So it, there is there's need for both things, for sure. Okay, and and we should have a better handle on what we hope to do by then. I mean, we're still kind of in recovery. <laughs> yeah, as soon as we unlock the iPad, I suppose. <laughs> All right, Trevor, come on. <laughs> we're waking up very early right now. So about 4 o'clock, and we're... Ready to go. And then uh, Latanya. Different than How is it different than Operation Christmas Child where you send the It's money, as far as the shipping. It, that's yeah. Yeah. You want to talk to that, Michael? Yeah, I, uh, uh, in the Philippines, I'd written uh, and been involved with that with Billy Graham. Uh, in Africa, we're a small, Hope Endeavors is only five people at a kitchen table once a year. So when you go on the website and you look at it, it looks like this huge foundation that's working in five countries, which we are, but we're just five people that meet at a kitchen table. Uh, uh, once a year, so uh, we're not a very large organization, 
like uh, I tried to partner with USAID, you know, hey, we need a vehicle, USAID brings them over all the time. With the larger organizations, uh, they will help you, but it's on a, uh, a larger scale than what we could handle. We, we only have a few people, uh, so like contacting USAID, yeah, Mike, we can, uh, you know, we can, uh, we provide vehicles or, or farm equipment, whatever, but you have to take at least 10 vehicles and provide all the, uh, the paperwork and the people to run them. You know, I just need a vehicle. I don't need 10. Well, you know, or we'll, we'll, we'll deal with a, a budget of, of uh, 2 million, you know, and I'm like, well, then you got to have an accountant and someone to, you know, uh, so we're too small, basically, to, to uh, partner with, with uh, the larger uh, unit, the larger people are doing that. Uh, that's why we just take over the supplies for the five villages that we're working in. Uh, so we're, we're just a small group. Yeah. So uh, I think Little Dresses did really well. The lady that came over years ago making the dresses with the, yeah, with the, the pillowcases. You know, you're, uh, that lady came over on a trip with us and found out, geez, pillowcases make great dresses, and, you know, fast forward 10 years now, and she's in several different countries, ships containers to all these African countries, so she grew and is helping so many people, and every once in a while, we'll get into one of her containers and get, uh, like, we got a table and some dresses and stuff from her, so uh, that connection's been good, but we're just, we're just a small, you know, group. One of the things to pray about, even, is that, um, like USAID, for the last 30 years, has gone into primarily the Muslim area of countries, and the thought was, we'll assist them so that they have favor toward the US. Um, but what's happening now, like in Malawi, is that USAID is building lots of mosques, uh, and with the thing that the mosques are having their schools inside, uh, or they're, they're promoting school, and so they get the money. But so our country is building mosques all over the country there. And, uh, you know, then you're going, well, maybe with the right development, churches could do the same there. I, I don't know. But uh, it's, it's something that you come away kind of startled because you're thinking, I don't see that as being healthy in the long run, but that's that's the direction it's been going. Yeah. Lots to do, lots of potential. It's just that God, what do you want of us? And that's that's the bottom line every time, I guess. Yeah. Let's stand and pray. I want to say thank you to assisting us, allowing us to, you know, this, this has uh, been a very wonderful thing in our lives, and we're not fully sure where it's going, but we're grateful to be doing what we're doing. Lord, may your blessing rest on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover with joy what it is to walk in your paths 
and in your understanding. As each one goes into the community, I ask that you give them words of life to speak over others. Enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Gift them with a supernatural, I ask. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day. Amen. If you have any questions for us later or insights or, you know, I know some of you say, I would kind of like to go. Just get with me. We'll work on it. See you from there. Bless you.